Swivel. Hey guys, I'm Jaden and I'm a business owner, a mum of two beautiful little girls who was convinced I was having a boy the second time around and now a podcast host. As the saying goes, it takes a village to raise a child, so I'm bringing in my village to co-host alongside me throughout the series. Each week, we try and entertain and support mums who are going through the shitty hard times to hopefully make you laugh and support you in your journey. On the podcast, we talk to lots of experts to do a deep dive into the issues that affect us as mums and hope by sharing this alongside our own stories, we can help mums feel like they are validated and appreciated. Join us for a whirlwind of an episode this week on Mummy Village. I'm really excited to bring you this week's topic and guest. But first, you might have noticed that I don't have my on-air producer Lauren here with me and I'm excited to share that there's a really great reason for that, which is that she had her baby boy. We're going to have Lauren back next year so we can check in on how she's going with the adjustment from one kid to two and see if she's still breathing. In fact, we might make that an episode topic. So our topic for this episode is gender disappointment and it's something that has been really interesting for my team and I to explore. On the surface, it might seem like this is something that isn't really a big deal. I mean, you might hope for a boy and get a girl and have to adjust and that's quite common. But what we learned as we looked into this issue was that it can have real big impacts on people. So to help us understand, we have two guests for this chat. And first up is someone you might remember from the very first episode of this podcast, Letitia Gorgeous, who is my very own psychologist and runs her own Castle Craig psychology practice. She also works with Gidget House and she will be joining us along with Stacey Wilde, who is a mum of two with a third on the way. She balances her family with working a corporate job and she's a national champion dancer to boot. So Letitia, let's start off with the basics. What is gender disappointment, gender grief? So it's when, well, it can come up any time in the perinatal period, often pre when someone has an expectation and as a psychologist we often encourage people to find out the gender of their baby if there's going to be disappointment, if there is like a lot of measure on on wanting a particular outcome, we like them to find out the gender so that we can cope, work with the grief before the baby's born so that then we can kind of get an optimal attachment happening. And, you know, some people think it's it's culturally specific. I, I guess, you know, some cultures lean more heavily towards wanting males first, but it's anecdotally in my work, it, it cuts across, it cuts across. So I see it very, very frequently in my practice and it's when, you know, someone, mm. you often a mummy but often often the dads as well, but often the mum having an expectation that they would prefer either a girl or a boy because they might have a history around maybe a beautiful close relationship with a sister and they want perhaps two girls or they have a terrible relationship with their sister Mm. and they want a boy and a girl to not repeat intergenerational trauma. That's one scenario. Um, Or it can be, you know, 
expectations from in-laws or parents, you know, this it's easiest to start with a boy, girl. And and it so it's when we find out we've we're carrying a baby that we um who whose whose gender we really our first preference was not to have that gender. And can I ask is it more common in females or males to be feeling that grief? That's a really good question, Jaden. Well, I see a balance of males and females. What I see mm. anecdotally is more um, the, the female being grieved with gender disappointment, but that's yeah. not to say that I, you know, I do see fathers um you know, displaying the same disappointment when the gender hasn't turned out the way they wanted it to. But very, very often it it seems to be that the adjustment to the change is a little bit faster for the dad because of the mum seems to hold hold an unrealistic an unreal amount of responsibility for, you know, the gender being a certain gender, you know, and disappointing everyone, including herself. Yeah. So it, it's a little bit more of a journey for a mum to to adjust but it's really doable yeah I relate to that and I'm sure Stacey you relate to a lot of what Letitia has just shared can you help us understand Letitia like why is this something that some people need help with well it's really brave and smart to get help first instead of sitting in the disappointment and not working it out because then you're left with having to manage what it means all on your own. It's very hard to make sense of this without a third party. Getting help means that you can make sense of what it means to have the gender of your choice. What's the deep meaning behind why you want that expectation? Why does that fit into your dream of how your life is meant to look? And is it because you're trying to change a history? Is it because you're trying to create something new? Or is it just that you feel more comfortable with a certain gender? Sometimes it's very deep and it's got to do with intergenerational trauma and trying to do something different. Mm. And and sometimes it's as simple as I've only got sisters and I don't know how to do a boy. And and that's simpler. That's that, mm. that's a simpler scenario. But it's not it all scenarios, not an uncommon problem. But a problem that a lot of women find it really hard to admit to because they feel ashamed. And um, and it it it'd be if they got stuck in shame because then they wouldn't be able to work on the very real reasons why they have those expectations and hopes and why they're disappointed by the gender that shows up. I love that you touch on that because I felt that with Maria, um, with my second, and I was pregnant and I was convinced it was a boy. I mean, I did the Chinese calendar, I did everything, and I was like convinced. Yep, yeah, yeah, and one hundred percent, we're having a boy. We were calling him baby Yanni. We were like, woohoo, it's a boy. And then we did the gender reveal and we popped the balloon and then pink confetti came out everywhere. The look on my face, and I wasn't talking to my mum at the time, and she said to one of my friends, is she okay? Like, she's not okay. And my girlfriend didn't know what to do because no one knew what to do. I actually wanted everyone just to leave. And there is guilt and shame with feeling that way because I look at 
Maria today and I'm like, you are the best little person that's walked into my world and I love you to pieces. But it took me quite some time to reconnect with my pregnancy. I lost a little bit of connection from that. And then I went into, well, you know, maybe she's just going to be, you know, a transgender or maybe she's just like, I was just so strong that she was going to be a boy that it just, I, I couldn't believe. And then I thought, you know, maybe it's my, you know, it's, it's definitely a boy because my dad, you know, I went to a, to a, to a healer once and she told me that I'm going to have a relationship with my father through one of my children. And I was like, 100%, it's my father, you know, coming back to life through, you know, and so there was just so much disappointment around that. Is that typical? Like what I'm sharing? Like, do you hear a lot of that? Because it wasn't my husband, it wasn't Stelios, it wasn't family. It was me. I really, really wanted the boy. Well, just the way you explained it, there's so much meaning in why, isn't there? I mean, there's wanting to reconnect with your dad. And then there's, this is why uh, you're you know, your, back- <laughs> well, your background is Greek. I can say that. My husband's <laughs> background is Greek and, and everyone gets excited when a boy comes yeah. in, right? And I mm. think your reaction in that context, it makes really good sense. You know, we have all the technology now, not, not in my mum's day and, and maybe not in yours oh maybe they in your parents day they knew they could tell what gender you were having but that's why it's I think if you have an expectation and it's heavily weighted one way you want to find out so that you have the space to work on it and it sounds like you know it was a really good thing for you to do because you rather than postpartum when the baby's handed you now what am I going to do oh, do you know what I mean yeah, yeah I agree I would have went down a rabbit hole yeah. I think definitely yeah. because I was yeah. really connected to my pregnancy thinking it was a boy. I like, I didn't buy any girl things. It was all about the boy. And then now, like, of course I look at her and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, she's got the glasses, the dresses and, you know, all that kind of jazz. And I'm just like, how could I want you to be anything else? Like you are the best little person. Like I just love her to pieces. And, you know, I've often said to Stelios, like, it breaks my heart that one day someone might say to her, or I will even be honest and say, I really thought and wanted you to be a boy. Or like if she hears the podcast or oh, I don't know, Letitia, hopefully you're still around to navigate that with me. But it's that that I'm just like, oh. And I think that's why I've brought Stacey on too because I suffered a little bit of the gender disappointment, you know, for for about a month or so and then I was able to reconnect and go, okay, yeah, we're having a girl. Whereas, um, you know, Stacy, um, you know, she she actually got very affected by the gender disappointment. Um, and that's why I wanted to bring you on as the professional and Stacy to share her amazing story because I think, you know, it would just to get a perspective of someone for someone that's been, you know, it's it's been a significant issue for her. So, Stacey, tell us a bit about how gender disappointment became an issue for you. And while we've got Letitia, feel free to jump in at any point as well. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on. For me, the, I think it was a two-pronged reason as to why I felt the disappointment. One was my internal ideals that had about the family that I wanted and I also suffered really badly with some external pressures and I'll talk a little bit to those as well but I guess from from a personal perspective I grew up as one of four sisters 
I absolutely love my sisters. They're my best friends in the whole world. We had a beautiful childhood. It was very girly. It doesn't get more girly than what we had. My mum had her own dancing school. We did everything girls do, like jazz, tap, ballet, girls' brigade, netball, every everything pink. You know, oh, we wow. loved beautiful dresses. My mum would make us all the same dresses and love getting our hair done. And you know, life was just pink and Barbie dolls, and we absolutely loved it. It was amazing. <laughs> and so I kind of just imagined that that's what my life would be it would be girls I always thought I wouldn't know what to do with a boy you know what do you do with boys I've not really experienced that before and it wasn't so much that I wanted a girl I just didn't think that having a boy was a possibility for me um, but when I fell pregnant I think some of the external pressures around having a girl of how I felt what I thought my life would be like and wanting a girl by that stage, some of the external pressures really got to me. You know, there were perfect strangers who would say things. Being a dancer, people would often say to me, oh, it's a hope it's a girl, like lots of comments around, it better be a girl, we want a girl. But I really, I particularly struggled with my in-laws. So I just set the scene quickly, but my mother-in-law has one brother, three sons and two sons when I came on the scene. So there was so much pressure on me to we want a girl and it was from day one I was dating my husband and I was getting comments of you've got to give us a pink one we want a girl we want a girl even in our wedding day speech it was we love our grandsons but we only want a granddaughter from you and I'm like wow feeling the pressure here like it's something that you have any control over whatsoever and I I I remember my mother-in-law saying to me when her second grandson was born she said And she thought it was funny that she said to him, oh, you were supposed to be a girl. And I thought, how horrible to this tiny, innocent child telling him that he's fundamentally wrong. And honestly, the anxiety and the pressure I felt over having a girl because of my in-laws just compounded everything that I was already feeling. And like when we did our, you know, typical new parents, we did our our Facebook announcement of we're expecting baby wild and we didn't find out what we were having because we really didn't care that much and she just wrote it better be a pink one and I'm just like anxiety I was having panic attacks on the regular because these these comments were just constant she was telling everyone that she you know hoped it was a girl and I was just left thinking and what if it's not how are you going to feel about my child if it's not what you want Mm. so that made me want a girl so much more and then my beautiful little boy arrived And I'll never forget this, but for a splint, I was devastated, mainly because I had this people-pleasing personality and I was just devastated that I had let my in-laws down. I love them very much, but sadly in this area, our relationship has become a little bit fractured. But I just, I was devastated for a split second, but then I held my baby. Mm. And in that moment, nothing else mattered to me. Like Jaden said, you wouldn't imagine life any different now with your little girl. Um, And nothing else mattered to me in that moment. And I think I was lucky in that sense um, not to suffer, you know, postnatal depression because I did really battle a lot with prenatal um, because of those gender pressures. But that little baby boy meant everything to me. And in that moment, I didn't care what anybody thought, didn't care what anybody said. I just absolutely adored that child. And then I had a second little boy, again, didn't find out what I was having for the second one. But it was interesting, Letitia, that you said you recommend that people find out if they are experiencing, you know, 
gender disappointment or they're worried that they may. Um, I thought that I, I would have found out, but I actually thought that that would potentially impact me a little bit more negatively, like Jaden shared, how she felt disconnected from her pregnancy. I really didn't want to feel that way. So I thought it would be, I knew that I instantly loved my first son when he arrived. So I thought it would just be better to wait. And then my second beautiful little boy arrived. But again, those same pressures, those same feelings that I had with my first pregnancy. And I remember Googling gender disappointment when I was pregnant with my second, wondering if anybody else in the world felt the way I did because we, we talked a little bit before mm. about shame because I felt total shame in the way that I felt. Yeah, total guilt. guilt, total shame in the way that I felt. And what I yeah. what I came across online were thousands and thousands of women and, as Letitia said, so many men who feel the same but who would just mm. wouldn't dare tell anybody how they how they felt. And I found a small amount of peace knowing that I wasn't totally alone. But it is, it's a total taboo topic that nobody talks about. It is. Yeah, it's, it's very lonely. lonely. I, I, I didn't tell my yeah. husband. I didn't tell my sisters who are my best friends. I didn't tell anybody how I was feeling. I literally went to Google for some support and I'm like, wow, okay, this is, a, this is an actual thing. Um, but then my, my, again, my beautiful baby boy, my second baby boy arrived and I love him to pieces and I couldn't imagine life, um, any different now, but I might finish there, but if you ask me any more questions, because we just found out that we are pregnant with baby boy number three. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I love it. You're going to have a soccer team. team. Not a, yeah. not a ballet team. team. You know what? We, we found out this time. Um, because of obviously the the gender disappointment, I I really still would have loved a little girl, but I, we're so excited for this little boy. But we found out, to be honest, because yeah. I wanted to prepare myself from the comments that I get from other people and guard myself from some of those comments, particularly from the in laws. And I actually mm. thought that by finding out, you know, we could say tell everybody we're having our third baby boy, we're so excited. And I I thought that nobody would have anything to say other than congratulations or that's so exciting but if I'm truly honest that wasn't the case in a lot of in a lot of cases I got more of condolences than congratulations I got responses like oh are you okay I got responses like oh Oh, what a shame I bet you wanted a girl or again comments like oh you'll have to try again for a fourth one every every mother needs a daughter yeah and I was just devastated by the response from people um, when you're already in a fragile state of accepting, okay, well, this is my life and this this is our last child, so this is going to be my life. It's I'm not going to have that dream of a little baby girl that I always had. So mm-hmm. coming to terms with that and accepting that as well as other people making you feel like there's something wrong with having only boys has been really tough and I said to my husband the other day that I just want to crawl up inside my own womb and hide in there and rather than shouting mm. from the rooftops how excited we are to complete our family having another boy. we really haven't told a lot of people we've told the family I've told my best friend and um, you know what maybe some people will find out listening to this podcast but <laughs> It's. I'm just going to have gone into self-protection mode of I just don't want to deal with those looks of disappointment on other people's faces. So, 
I think it's a real, you know, because when I when I went into my session with Letitia a couple of weeks ago, I remember Letitia, I asked you about the gender disappointment. And I said, is it really common and stuff? Because I think for me, Stacey, I'm very open. I'll say how I feel, but there are a lot of people like yourself that are very private and they internalize a lot. And I think that's why, and Letitia, you had said a lot of people feel the way that we feel. And I think that's why I want to break it down from disappointment to grief. Because what you said then, Stacey, like this is your third child, it's your last child. And there's so many layers just in that itself. And then you throw in the boy and then that's a whole story in itself, a whole layer, sorry, in itself. And then you throw in all the external, oh, but you'll never get a girl. And oh, that must be devastating. It's like, oh, at what point do we just let people be? You know what I'm saying? Like my biggest thing is, you know, we want we want a third baby and and I'm scared. I'm scared to have another girl because I really want a boy. And I feel a lot of judgment when I say that because there are other people that are like, we can't even have a baby. You want to have a boy or, you know, you'll be upset if you have a girl. No, like I'm coming to terms with the fact that I said to my husband, you know, our third will probably be a girl. And you know what? I'll be the three best sisters, best friends. There won't be any soccer teams. And I was like, maybe there will be soccer teams. I don't know. You might get a dancer out of your three boys. We don't know. And I think that I'm coming to terms with that. And I've got a lot of people on the outside, which I have the opposite, Stacey, which is funny because I've got a lot of people going, you're not going to have a boy because you really want a boy. You're going to have a girl because <laughs> you just, you know, you're not, not, not that you're so against it, but you're so hellbent on having a boy that there's a lot of humor around it. Like it's not so serious. Whereas when I've read your story and when I'm hearing you, there's a lot of loaded stuff. And this is what I wanted to ask you. How did you begin to express this experience around you know, your birth and your gender reveal and all that kind of stuff? Like wasn't healthy for you and like your mental health? Um, it was hard for me. I want to touch on that, that grief that you talked about and also the guilt. I'll start with the guilt because you do feel guilty because, you know, I am really blessed and lucky to have two beautiful baby boys in my, my immediate family alone, like my mom and my sisters, we've lost 11 babies. My two best friends in the whole wow. world have been trying for babies for years and are still childless. So I know that I'm one of the lucky ones. Even even my own story yeah, has had its challenges. You know, prior to having kids, I, I suffered stage three pre-cervical cancer and was told I may not ever be able to have kids. Even this this third pregnancy yeah. has been been plagued with with issues that we're still going through today. So I know that I'm one of the lucky ones and I'm plagued with guilt because I have beautiful children, whereas other people still don't or are experiencing loss. Um, and I think you feel guilty mm. because that pain is is often looked at as worse, which I'm absolutely not comparing this to the loss of a child. But I think you feel a little bit of guilt and shame over how you're feeling because of that. Of course. And I just hope that that by this podcast that other mums out there shouldn't feel shame for how they're feeling at all. And you shouldn't feel guilty for, for how you're feeling either. But in terms of the grief, when I found out the sex of our third child, it really was grief. Like it felt like I had lost a child, L obviously lost a child mm. that I never had because I had such a vision of having a baby girl 
I really so desperately wanted to have a girl. And upon reflection, a lot of that was because I wanted to please other people. Yeah, it would have been nice for me, but I adore my little boys. And I love the idea of three beautiful boys that are going to grow up together, same as mm. I did with my sisters. But I, I grieved the loss of this little girl that I never had. And I remember I I looked at the, the gender report on my phone and I literally threw my phone against the wall and I just cried. I sobbed. I sobbed. And I had to do it on my own. Because I just, I didn't want anybody to see my reaction, not even my husband, who is an incredible man who loves and supports me absolutely. But I just felt that shame, even even doing that in front of him. So I needed to find out first. But my journey coming out of that has still been challenging, as I shared with you know, sharing my news. I hoped that other people being happy for us would help with that. But yeah, that's still been challenging. And I I have like triggers that really trigger me often when you're feeling so fragile. Um, You know, simple things like going shopping, like my local Big W, right? (laughs) To get anywhere, to get to the boys section and all the diggers and dump truck t-shirts and all the nappies, you've got to walk through the big girl section of like beautiful dresses and ballerina skirts and all the beautiful things that I always envisioned in my future. I literally have to walk through that before I can get to mm. all the all the little boys things. And that's such a trigger for me. I actually, most of the time, I either walk wow. with my head down looking the other way or sometimes I just go the long way around the back of the store so I don't have to deal with it because it just is too heartbreaking to know that too that's hurtful. not for me. And so like they're just some of the triggers and one actually, which is why I came on the podcast today when I started this conversation with you, Jaden, was baby girl, baby showers, absolute killer, you know, celebrating. Not only do I not have my baby girl, but it feels like everybody else around me has a baby girl. All of my sisters have baby girls. All of my friends have Mm. baby girls. And it's not that I don't want everybody else to have their heart's desires, you know. I absolutely want them to be happy. It just kind of rubs in the fact that, hey, not only do you not get one, but everybody else around you gets it. And it's just a constant reminder but um, for me, I just, I, I'm excited. I am. I'm in a really good place now. I, I did seek some support to help get me through this. Mm-hmm. That was going to be yes. my next question. Yeah. What yeah. kind of help have you had in dealing with the impact Yeah, so of this? I did reach out for professional support. I, I've done that in the past I, when I've suffered from anxiety and I, I'm the first person to advocate professional support. It has just gotten me through lots in my life absolutely and so I did seek some some support and one of the activities they had me do was to really sit down and think about what is behind my deep desire for for a little girl and interestingly most of it was around trying to please other people trying to please my in-laws I just wanted them to to love me I wanted them I wanted to give them what they wanted I wanted like all of my dancing friends who so desperately wanted me to have a, a little girl to follow in my footsteps. I wanted to please them. And a lot of my reasons were I wanted to please other people. I wanted to achieve what everybody thinks is the ideal family outcome. I have an extremely high achieving personality. So if there's something I want, <laughs> I, I work hard and I, and I achieve it. So knowing that there's nothing you can do for the gender that you want is really hard. Bit of pill to no, swallow. you can't. But that's Letitia. Do you have any comments on Stacey's experience, like from what you've heard? Yeah, I I think fortunately in Stacey's case, you're really emotionally intelligent, 
and you and fortunately when your first little fellow was born you can recognize how you felt and you, you, you're sitting here owning it and very very quickly you became a preoccupied mummy with him so you bonded really quickly I think what I'm hearing is that this whole experience has taught you a very big thing about yourself especially mm. finding out through you know doing some work and finding out that whole people-pleasing thing and how much oxygen it can take up in your life and how it can take you away from really focusing on what are my dreams anyway? What really are my dreams here? Because and now you're having a third little boy, it's you, you have an opportunity to focus on what the dream of three boys looks like when you go to that point of radically accepting this is my life and then feeling joy around okay, I actually know how it could look, you know. And I think I think you did a smart thing. First, firstly, the first two times you, you obviously are comfortable mothering, okay, and you, you slipped, sounds like you slipped into the mother role with a reasonable amount of, you adjusted quite well considering and and so you you probably have that the high achieving and, and making sure it happens and everyone's well and making sure my baby's well probably really helped you bond with him. Third time round, letting it out, letting some of the rage out, and being able to sit here and say it is not only helpful for you but everyone else listening because that's how people feel. It's not that they're saying I don't want you, little person. Mm. They're saying I wish you were something different you're not even focusing on really what you've got when people are that disappointed. They're focusing on what they wanted. And so some of your journey now, I suppose, is getting a vision around how's my life going to look because I, I know how to make a life because clearly you enjoy your first two little boys. And, and so it's working through that grief, not in a Pollyanna-ish sort of way, oh, it's going to look like this, like owning it every now and again. It could look like this with a girl. And then when you have opportunities to almost mother girls, like your sister's kids, like you will have a very special role in their lives and, and trying to make sure that you mm. actually find opportunities where when you heal from the grief, where you can actually feed that yearning in you to give to girls as well. I have a sister with two little boys and, um, and recently she'd said, I would have liked a girl. And I kind of knew. And I've got a girl, boy, boy, girl. And... It's very interesting. She has the deepest attachment to my two girls and I feel so privileged that they have an auntie and a mama number two that can give them something I can't give them. Do you know what I mean? Something extra. So in, in a funny sort of a way. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I mean she, they get something really beautiful because she has something to give and she's an incredible mum to her boys. Her boys are just beautiful kids. So I guess on this journey, like you come with a lot of skills anyway and you reached out to get some help, which is really healthy and it, it helps you make sense of who you are anyway. So these three little boys are showing you something about you and giving you an opportunity to, to work through that. And, and then it may come up. You may have moments where you think, I wish, I wish, but you want, you want to be owning that too. Why do I wish? Because it's the idea of... Having a little girl is lovely because my history with my sisters was beautiful. What am I missing out on? It's like mm. slowly, gently work through it. 
and I, it sounds to me yeah. like with your little boys, you, you're willing to get deeply engaged with who they are anyway. I do. I absolutely adore them. And I'm coming, becoming really good at Spider-Man games and diggers and dump trucks. <laughs> I just wanted to add quickly, if I can as well, like with when we talk gender disappointment, I don't feel disappointed in my children at all. Like I don't look at any of my boys and say, I wish you were a girl. No, yeah, of course I just, not. I think even with this little boy, and I, I will make sure for the rest of my life, even if my in-laws say you should have been a girl or whatever, that all of my boys, and particularly this third little boy, knows that he is so loved and wanted and my of where course. my disappointment lies is accepting a little girl is not in my future. I want these three little boys. I would love a girl as well. You know what, if it was up to me, I'd have four yeah. little babies. But it was hard enough getting my husband yeah. across the line for number three. So I'd have more <laughs> luck winning the lottery than having a fourth child. Um, but I adore these no, absolutely. boys and I wouldn't change them for the world. And I'm starting to really be no, excited 100%. about a future of beautiful little boys. And I'm just going to encourage them their whole life to be best of friends. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, and that's so nice because yeah. you get to see boys. that on another end. Like you've got, yeah, you've got the sisters and, you know, your your boys are going to yeah. have the brothers. So it's nice. And I think that's what, what made me turn around as well because one of my best friends, Laura, she really, really only wanted girls and her second was a boy. And when I had the second being a girl, we used to joke and say, if you have a boy and I have a girl, we'll just swap, you know. And, of course, he's my godson now. But um, I'm actually super grateful that the two of them have a sister because I've always – I'm an only child, so I've always wanted a sister. So I've looked at it from the other shoe as well and gone, you know what? They get a sister for life. It's good. I get to watch that really grow and really bond and, yeah, it's beautiful. And I think, Stacey, what you said as well, like, you know, it's not so much and what Letitia said too, like it's not so much being disappointed and wishing that they were something else now that they're here. It's the initial we're pregnant. This is the expectation that we want and this is what we would really like and then going, oh, okay, the universe wants something else. So <laughs> let's try and adjust now to that new situation. Process of acceptance. And it's clear. Yes. Yeah, it is a big process of acceptance. Exactly, Stacey. And I think what's really clear here and that everyone needs to understand, especially when, Jaden, you said to me, I like the idea of calling it gender grief. And that's like, yes, because grief can be worked through. And, you know, we don't have clear stages mm. of grief, everyone. It's also very, very personal. But there is the idea with disappointment that you you can get stuck there. But with grief, it's a, it's a growth process. And, you know, listen to Stacey's story. There's just been a, there's just been a whole lot of working through. And as, as this stuff takes time and lots of beautiful things happen as you work through this. You appreciate what you've got. And you start to understand and perhaps create a narrative around, I understand why I'm the mother of three boys. Like we, we work out our story, but at the beginning mm. when we, when mums or mums-to-be suffer from gender grief, it's like an interruption to the story they thought they were going to have. And 
as they work mm. through the grief, all of a sudden they're creating the story that they're accepting and that they're helping to grow. And it's like, why would they want another story? That's what most people get to. In fact, I have to say, I, in all my years of working, I have not, I, I see gender grief in your words, uh, Jaden, all the time, mm-hmm. all year. I've not seen one parent not work through it. Mm. It doesn't mean that I yeah, might not great. be working and with people. It, that sometimes you're there and you think, when are they going to move through this? And doing the work on let's focus on this little person. Who is she or who is he? Tell me about that little person when people really do get a bit stuck if they're, if they're not attaching initially. And, you know, mm. but it's work. It's, it's like get help, holding someone's hand to get them through the grief. Sounds like, Stacey, you're creating a beautiful story. It's not easy, but, but yeah, you're absolutely. doing it. And I'm so grateful for you coming on and sharing your story and Letitia for you coming on and spending your time out to educate our listeners and let everyone know from a professional point of view that we're not alone. Mm-hmm. And Stacey, you're not alone. Like this is very common. And I think that's why it was really important to get you both on because I think there's a lot of people, like you said, Stacey, that just don't want to talk about it because there's so much behind it so I'm so grateful for you guys coming on and taking out your time to be here for it thank you for having us it was a pleasure please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite listening app to keep up to date when we launch our next episode and if you love mummy village please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help other people find our show Please tune in at the same time next week when we will be talking about all things nutrition and spoiler alert, we are allowed to eat butter. I'm Jaden and you've been listening to the Mummy Village podcast. Remember, we love you and it's okay to let your kids sleep with you so you can get some rest. They'll grow out of it eventually.